Hello there, this is Dr. Casey Bradley, and you're listening to the Real P3 Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the real pork producers around the world. I hope you enjoy. I'm excited for this week's episode. We're back in Denmark, and we're going to be talking to what I'm going to call the Fixer Manager, Shannon Baton. And she's going to discuss how she goes into farms throughout her career and fixes their problems. Currently, she's just started a role at a different production system where she's focused on pre-weaning mortality, and she has a neat trick to share with us. Well, hello, Sinan. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing good. Would you mind telling the audience a little bit about who you are and your, your background and, and what farm you're working on? Yes, my name is uh, Sandra Baden. I am uh, I just turned uh, 46 and I've been in the industry for 28 years now this year. And I've been doing everything from breeding, multiplication, indoor, outdoor, organic. I've been working as a consultant. I've been working as self-employed. Um, and right now, I am working as a farm manager on a uh, 1,200 uh, multiplication purebred Yorkshire unit. So private, I have a son called Jacob and uh, my boyfriend. So, Well, cool. You're, you're my version in Denmark. So we're, we're talking to somebody <laughs> that lives in Denmark and to me, one of the, the best swine production areas of really pushing out the number of pigs. And, uh, oh, uh, yeah. But yeah, it's kind yes, of exciting. Definitely are. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's. Uh, I remember when I started working in pig production. We said two things. We said that we said the price of land would never get any higher, and we also said uh, we don't expect <laughs> to have more more born alive. And uh, I think uh, <laughs> both happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I so, can yeah, relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's not really what we uh, wished for, you know, but. Uh, that's also the challenge of working with the, the Danish uh, pig breeding. So, Yeah, I think everybody I talk to when it comes to pigs is it's great to have all these pigs, but how do we manage all these pigs? I mean, I think yes. you hear that no matter where you are in the world. And, and so I found it interesting on LinkedIn, you made a comment about, you know, you've transitioned to a new farm. So that that's a new challenge in itself. And then you fixed a problem on pre-weaning mortality. Talk about mm-hmm. how you go into a new system because you've worked in, in a lot of different systems and you consult it. How do you go into yes. a new farm and turn that around? I mean, what kind of mindset do you need to have in doing that? Oh, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, I don't know. Always, it always triggered, uh, you know, my, my drive when I see uh, bad numbers or if I see bad performing farms, if I go on, I actually took on a job because I felt sorry for the farmer. And I thought, yeah, there's, there's something to improve here. So I, I took on the job and we really improved the farm. That's, uh, that was in 2007. And, and we turned it from 23 to 28, but in a very short period. So, you know, but that was also a very hardcore turnover for him. But I, I, it's not because I want to speak uh, too proud of myself or too high of myself, but I have turned around most of the farms of, not most, all of the farms that I've been working on, actually. And I don't know, but uh, I think I'm very detailed and I am a little devil of details when it comes to especially the farring houses because it requires with the Danish uh, breeds, it, it really requires that you are doing things right on time. 
so anyway, when I get into a farm, the first thing I do is to, I, I ask a lot of questions to the staff working there. I want to know what is the biggest challenge. Uh, if if possible, I would like to see production figures before I uh, before I visit, which is a great help. And sometimes, you know, if if it's programs that I know, data programs that I know, I can I can dig a little deeper in to find out what is the reasons, you know, for for the different problems. And then I try to to find out what is the issue. And I've been working for different breeding companies, also as technical service and. Most of the times, or all of the time, it's uh, 99% of the times, it's, uh, it's the basic that is wrong. It's, it's the attention to every single detail, and it will be everything from uh, resistant bacteria to environment not being correct for the pigs, and that is, I'm talking about any section. So, so yeah, it's, 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 paying it's paying attention to all the details, right from the from the beginning and the requirements of the newborn pig. Well, I would say that's exactly right. It didn't matter what level of production I've worked in. And most people know me as a researcher and you have to be a detail oriented person, but in production, it's all about the details. How do you get, obviously they're not doing the details, right? Is that because of leadership or is that because of poor training or do you find a mixture of both? I find a mixture of both. I think, you know, because uh, when we first talked, you asked me a question, and I think you, you maybe we talked the first time in uh, in December, and you asked me what was the biggest challenge. And I've really been I've been I've been spending <laughs> a lot of time in my car thinking about this. <laughs> and I think one of my conclusions is, you know, one thing that I find really really hard in pig production nowadays is the staff, and all the respect for all the the, the guys who's coming up from East of Europe, but. A lot of them will be here because they don't have any other option for, for making a salary than maybe working on a pig farm or a factory. And I really miss working with people who really do pig farming because they love it. And that oh, is wow. hard to find. That is really hard to find. You know, they and they have a lack of, uh, of, of basic knowledge. So it's definitely a lack of training, but it's also a lack of true interest. You know, it's. I talked to the production manager today and we, we discussed it, you know, what, what will it take to really, really get people involved? You know, how can I, how can I pass on my passion? And I think sometimes you, I've met a few people, you know, during the last many years that I've been working with that really say, thank you, Sana, you make, you really make me stay working with the pigs. It's because of you. I'm still here or because of you. I, I took more education, but it's very few. But it's really nice to have those kind of people. But it's, um, or maybe it's me who's who's bad at not encouraging uh, people enough. I don't know. But motivation is is difficult sometimes. I think. Oh, I agree. I mean, managing people and pigs in my career, most of them is a job. Mm. They need the money. I remember having immigrant labor as well in the U.S. and it was good mm -hmm. pay, um, but it was all about work for them, how many yeah. hours they could work, you know, work, not working smarter, yeah. but harder because they, you know. Yeah, exactly. Hourly. Exactly. But even in college, having students, it's like you can't replicate passion. There's no way. No. You, it's, it's hard and to get buy-in. And I think that is a challenge we're going to have. And you and I, we do this because we love it. But I mean, I'm not in the barns every day and I do miss it dearly, but yeah, it, it's hard to, to get yeah, that. I so, 
what things do people need to be trained on to really hone in? Let's, let's do pre-weaning mortality. What are we lacking on training? Or, I mean, what's the biggest things and the basics that you're taking care of? The first thing I try to is, you know, give them some theory about, you know, what is the requirement for a newborn pig? You know, it's the little piglet is born without the brown fat. You know, it only have uh, very little muscles glucose. Uh, it requires, you know, the minimum of 35 degrees. Otherwise, it will, you know, start getting cold. You know, I, I would try to ex- explain the physiology behind the pig and, you know, uh, the biologically bio- needs that the pig is having. And I think... You know, if I'm I'm saying something, you know, it's coming out from from uh, the sow, you know, where it's 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 maybe 39 degrees. It's so warm in there, and then it's born out, you know, on cold slats that could be 15 degrees. Can you try to imagine how that would be, you know? And <laughs> you're relating it to okay, pretend like you're having a really hot shower, and now you're standing outside, you're naked, and you're wet. How cold will you be within, you know, five minutes? Yeah, 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 yeah. They can understand it, you know. So, so, so trying to take some basic, and you know, I don't like uh, the human pig relation, but sometimes it, it really helps uh, trying to make them understand that what it really means. So, what I've done, if we if we're going to specific into this farm, or we could, it it will be more or less the same on every farm. I found out, you know, where they're struggling, and it's then I will be working along with the staff, and it's then it's very quickly to see what goes wrong. So I'm doing a lot of observation. And of course, for me now, it's a lot easier because I'm full-time working on the farm as a manager and I don't mm-hmm. come out as a consultant, you know, just staying in there for a day. I can really observe everything that's going on and I can follow up on everything that we agreed on and I know exactly when they don't do as we agreed. So that is really beneficial, you know, when you when we can be there full-time. So... The first thing that we uh, I, I discovered as a lot of other places is that they don't keep track of, of the movements of the pigs. So they're ending up moving the same pig many, many times because they don't have a system where they record a skinny pig has been moved. So that's one thing I, I made into a system that they had to, if they see, it's very, very simple. It's, 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 you, do, you use a spray mark color, a different one every day. So... If I see a skinny pig today, it's Friday, and today we're using the red spray. If I see something, I think, ah, oh, maybe it's falling a little behind. I want to keep an eye on this. I give it a red dot on the back. And then tomorrow when I come and I can see, oh, no, I need to move this pig. It needs, it needs to go to a new sow. Then I give it a line along the back, along the spine, and then I put it down to the south. And everybody can see when, they, when, when they're looking at this pig, ah, it was moved on a red day. Today it's, it's green or blue, so they can... They can count backwards and see, ah, it's it's two days ago. The, st- the stomach is full. It's fine. We're going to leave it. I think that is one thing that really, really stops uh, the mortality for pigs dying from hunger because they they don't constantly move them around. And then another thing was uh, the environment for newborn. We, we started drying pigs. Um, I've been working for PIC also. We've done loads of trials with uh, preventing chilling and that uh, requires uh, drying pigs and then we put them under the heat lamp and I want people to go around uh, every half an hour when we have fairings to check on the fairings so they dry the pigs and then they put them under the heat lamp and then we change uh, all the heat lamps to a heavier light bulb to uh, our lamps can take 175 that uh, so that's also a great help then that's we're doing chilling trials what is the best best method of drying pigs in your in your mind that you've found in all your research and, and practical experience? 
Cacao for powder. me. Uh, no, we use a wood chip, like very, very fine wood chip. So it's also called sawdust, isn't it? Sawdust. Yeah, sawdust. Yeah, sawdust. So it doesn't have to be an and expensive then, product or anything special. It's not expensive. No, it comes in. You know, we are we are high health unit. You know, so everything comes in in bags, plastic bags, and it's disinfected. So I think uh, for us that is a good thing. You can get it. Uh, also, it's been uh, treated, so it's free for bacteria. But yeah, I think uh, I think a towel is. Uh, you know, you. I think you're carrying a lot of bacteria if you don't change it constantly. And I don't think paper towel is working very well. But for me, the the sawdust is uh, is a good thing. We would like to take this break to thank our sponsors, the Sunswine Group, Nutrisign, Swine Nutrition Management, and Pig Progress. Without their support, this adventure would not be possible. So now back to our episode. So we got, you know, environment, heat, drying. Yeah, that is, and then split milking, you know, so everybody. So in the morning, uh, when we're coming, if you're going down to the completely practical, if a sow is uh, finished farrowing, we take all the pigs and we put them in. We have, in Denmark, we have, uh, we have like a corner, a heated corner, a heated path with a cover over for the piglets. It's not an open one. So, and then we can close them in with a little board. So we close them in in this uh, triangle corner. And then the sow can stand up, you know, and drink. And then when she lay down, we take uh, the 10 smallest or, and then we put them out for half an hour and then we come back and then we change. So, so that's the split milking. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So we have a lot of technologies coming out that's helping prevent crushing because that would be the next thing, chilling. Yeah. Crushing pigs raises the sow up. So she's higher, um, gives an alarm, uh, a shock. You know, we have some that, you know, a shock a pig if they sensor one underneath her or something mm. what is your point about technology and crushing or how do you manage crushing beyond you know getting moth and warm and full bellies how do you prevent crushing i think you know if if you if you have the environment is right you know so the pigs will stick in under the heat lamp rather than under the sow i think that is the, that is the first step because mm-hmm. I've, I've been on on other farms you know with a sky high mortality and lots of crushed pigs and then you find out that the heating lamp is is maybe maybe it's like 18 or I don't know 15 degrees under the heat lamp. Then they will seek underneath the sow. And then I think you know if if you're trying your best to prevent starvation, you know they don't seek the other all the time. Then they will go and eat. Then they will, they will be full, and then they will go and sleep. That is that will be a normal pick your behavior if everything runs smoothly. Uh, actually, on the farm where I'm working, we are having uh, it is purebred Yorkshire. They're, they're supposed to be more uh, more uh, lively, <laughs> and then we have loose. We have free. We have uh, freedom farrowing. I was you gonna know, say so you, you don't get to keep them locked up either. <laughs> so and you got the crazy. No, no. yeah, they're, they're not crazy. I think it, it, it depending <laughs> so much about the people working with them. <laughs> oh no, I know. I love my Yorkshires, but purebreds in uh, general, yeah. I always struggled with. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know, I've I've been working outdoor also. You know, with the also with the PIC uh, breeds and then bred and and yeah. I, I will say that outside I've, I found uh, some crazy ones. <laughs> Dangerous. But then they're free to chase you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stay yeah, away I, from my babies. Yeah, I'm gonna eat you. I was never allowed on the back of the truck when I helped my dad. He had this little pitchfork that he'd toss me the babies up and I'd put them in a little bucket when we got to processing them Aww. and stuff. 
because he's <laughs> he, he's like it's too dangerous for you out on the ground and uh, yeah i remember those days i remember the one time my brother <laughs> got chased down and it uh luckily my dad was quick enough to get her off him but it's it's dangerous in free it motion is yeah absolutely but in here, you know, we actually we, we do have an option to lock them in and we will lock them in the first the first day or two. Yeah. But I, I, mean, I think it's nice to see them walking around free. And I think it's beneficial yeah. for the sow, you know, after a fairing, I think it's good for her to stand up, walk around, uh, see the piglets, get some blood circulation. And, you know, I just I think it's so much better. You know, the others are looking so much better on the sow since we started opening up for the sows earlier. When I came, they didn't open up the crates before day 10, 11. And now I opened them up, you know, a day or two after fairing if she's, if everything looks okay. And it's yeah, really working. Yeah. I yeah. think more people designing farrowing crates and that kind of stuff should have to be pregnant for nine or 10 months. And maybe they would understand why <laughs> it's probably <No>. beneficial. <laughs> <laughs> I understood a lot better being pregnant than I did not being pregnant. <laughs> I think if somebody locked me in when I was giving birth, I, th- I don't know. That would have been crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I really like the system. And I think, you know, it's, I think as long as you have a healthy sow, you know, as long as she's fresh, you know, she will, she will stand up, you know, but we cannot avoid, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't think it, it matters what kind of system you have. You always have a pig that's going to be laid on, but I would rather have, you know, two extra pig laid on every day than I would have sows locked up. But that's my opinion. You mentioned, you know, higher preweaning mortality and you've gotten that down by basics. And it sounds like, you know, old school back to the basics. Yes. What is your sow mortality running in Denmark? I think in uh, in average on the farm, I, I actually, I'm not too sure, but around, uh, I think maybe around 15%. Some farms are high, some are lower. So very similar to the U.S. and but and so I think you have to, yeah. But I think uh, Casey, the, um, I think one of the biggest reasons is you know you're saying is it because, uh, you know you cannot you cannot put our sow mortality back on uh, on the on the breeding, because in Denmark you know we we are very very strict about what kind of sows we're sending for the slaughterhouses. You know if we have any any sign of uh, a shoulder uh, sore ulcer, you know we we are not allowed to send them. Then you get a fine. So they are really, really, really strict. So, you know, that's why the, the mortality has gone up after the law has changed, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's just unfortunate because they can still be used for meat versus a compost pile, in, in my yes, opinion. Yes, but yeah, my opinion too. I think that's changed some of our mortality. And we talk about what's the solution of mortality in sows, and it's really high. Mm-hmm. And obviously in the US, we've had prolapse issues and spikes in, in sow mortality and lameness. But mm-hmm. I think I don't, it doesn't matter what level of production you work in, either at a multiplier level with a purebred, it's getting the basics right. Indoor, outdoor. outdoor. Yes, it is. You know, you would also have bad legs outdoor. You don't see shoulder ulcers outside, you know, because they're. Of course, they're not laying on a hard low, but you would also have bad legs. You know, during winter time, you know, sows walking on frozen soil is hard. It's very hard. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not it's not the pure romantic, you know, having sows uh, outdoor. And yeah, I think it's, <laughs> but that's how they like it to be. Yeah. So, I mean, before we go, any other last points on 
working on preemie mortalities or basics that you find missed a lot in all these farms you've worked on and, and consulted on? I think it's no. I think uh, actually, as I said, you know, I call it my dot system. You know, the one with the dot and the line. Mm-hmm. I think that is. Uh, you know, I've used it for the last, I don't know, many, many years, and it's working everywhere. And I, then I love the idea. Yeah. You know. yeah, it is. I, I will put it up on LinkedIn, you know, with the, uh, with, uh, and, you know, so you can see the, how, how it, I will make a drawing so you can see it. I have pictures of it because that is the, the far best way to prevent, you know, pigs are being moved too, too much. And then it's definitely, you know, the basic, as we talked about, you know, keeping them warm, making sure they get the colostrum. And then move the, the, the piglet sometime. And that is the hardest thing, you know. Sometimes I don't understand how come they cannot see it. <laughs> why, can you, why, why can't you see that this pig needs to be moved, you know? And that is, uh, but of course, you know, it's, it's, it's easier when you've been in, in, in with pigs for so long. Yeah. Well, a lot but of farms, basic. you know, I noticed I don't like a lot of farms I've worked on. One person's only allowed to do that because it's usually the person who has the eye. But with your color system, mm. almost anybody could do it. Yeah, and then again, not. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I think, you know, I, I trained and trained and trained people. And, and you know, you, you will find people who don't get it because they don't see yeah. it. It's very rare, rare, rare but uh, it, it happens, yeah. But the color system is helpful a lot. And then the, make sure your heating lamps are warm. And uh, they, amen. They, you know, yeah. Yeah. I go in and look at nutrition on a sow and I see a burned out heat lamp and I get really upset because I'm like, I can do everything right up here, but if you're not getting that right down there and that's not a priority fix, and, you yes. know, yeah. but, but you know, it's every little thing, you know, on, on this farm, actually, it's a, it's an, it's another thing I noticed on this farm when I started, uh, you know, looking, checking pigs every day, I find so many pigs with bad legs and I thought that is very bizarre. Why do they have so much joint infection? And then uh, one day I was uh, standing looking uh, looking through the door, you know, a little window, and I could see uh, one of the girls working. And we were vaccinating uh, the bigger pigs for weaning. We, we ear tag them. We give them an, an extra ear tag, the bigger ear tag, so they have two matching numbers. And then we check tits, you know, and then we vaccinate them. And then I just saw her. She was just throwing the pigs over in, uh, in the little uh, wagon we have. And I, I just opened the door and I thought, what on earth are you doing? Or do you mean, throw, do you mean this? And I said, that is the first time and the last time I'm going to see this. I said, from now on, you lift the pigs and you put them nicely, gently down. And after they changed it, I didn't treat any bad legs. So, you know, sometimes you have to, uh, you have to. Uh, <laughs> if you don't see <laughs> you it, you can't do. fix it. Yeah, exactly. You know, but and, and th- that is the last thing that will cross your mind if you are a consultant. You would never think that somebody would handle pigs that way because that just wouldn't go into your head. Yeah. But that is, uh, that is, it's not very often you see it so bad. And then of course, you know, you have to check uh, the medication. You have to make sure that the medication you're using is, is not resistant. That is yeah. another thing that I found very common on farms. And I say, yeah, but we haven't used it for long, but I think everybody can see how quickly things can mutate. You know, we could just look at the coronavirus and uh, see how quick uh, things can, yeah. can change. Yeah. Well, before we go, this is the point in time I let I reverse the table, and you can ask me anything you want. And if you have any questions for me, what what is the biggest challenge you see in pig production? Are you are you also working a lot with uh, you know uh, consulting farms? Yeah, so I'm consulting here and there, and there's lots of challenges, but I think you hit the nail on, on the head with 
employees and finding motivation and getting people in the barns. And I'm noticing that, you know, people with really a passion for pigs and production aren't going into, you know, management more so they want to go on for advanced degrees and things. And we're really losing those great caretakers and, and managers. And so I think that's just constant, that constant turnover. You can't get really good at something. You can't hone in on a skill or a problem if you don't have consistency in staff mm-hmm. and things. Yes. And uh, it, I think it doesn't matter if you're on the pig farm or as I've even noticed in the allied industry that tech service managers jump jobs every couple of years too. So it's, it's fine tuning even how to use products and nutrition and getting things right is I think we lack consistency just be the way people are today and how we work. Yeah. Yeah. But we will keep up, keep on fighting. (laughs) I know. And I'm hoping, you know, with this vaccine, my husband got the vaccine. I'm hoping to get it next and that'll give me a pass to come over. And I I really want to get back to Denmark. And And if you do, please, you have, you, you have to come and see me. I will. And I hope to have you on the show again, because really great advice. I'm a fan from a distance for sure. I wish you the best of luck. We'd like to thank our sponsors, the Sunswine Group, NutriSign, Swine Nutrition Management, and Pig Progress.